They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Thank you for joining me for this, the final instalment in our series, Being Church. We started early in September with the foundational thought that a spirit-filled church is a church full of spirit-filled people. The invitation uh, was to the Holy Spirit to come and fill us as he filled those first believers at Pentecost. And then we started to look at the qualities of the early church that unfolded from that in Acts 2, 42 to 47 as we just have read for us on the video. And today we land on the results of their being filled, devoted, united, awestruck, uh, powerful and generous overflowing. The result was this, that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Wow, this is uh, an amazing result. We And I want to paint a picture today of a fruitful and growing, life-giving church in which you and I get to partner with God in bringing transformation to people's lives in our family, our neighbourhood, workplace, city or our church. Here in the New Testament was a church with a missional pulse that took seriously the Great Commission, the commission which is ours too as Christians, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything, says Jesus, I have commanded you. And so the picture that's painted is that as the early believers invited God to fill them, they stepped up to do their part so that God moved and transformed both them and the church with fruitfulness. And today, God invites us into that same partnership. But why would God want the church to grow is an empirical and straightforward, simple question. You know, after all, you can see all sorts of things online where people would say that the church shouldn't be growing, it shouldn't be thinking about numerical increase even as a quality. Uh, but what I see in Acts 2 is that healthy churches grow. And why would God want that? I think there's two reasons. Firstly, because God loves people and has planned that an essential part of their lives is to be connected into a life-giving church. Now, to be clear, this isn't just some sort of numbers game or statistical gathering exercise. Rather, it's a deep expression of the fruitfulness of God. First Timothy 2 and 4, we see that God wants people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And I believe he just loves people. Every man, woman, child that you can clap your eyes on is loved by God even more than, uh, than you might love those very people. 
And when you look at the uh, that verse 47, you see the, the people that God was adding into the church were those it's described as he added daily those who were being saved. Now we tend to think of the word saved in a quite a narrow way as it's something just means that you, know, you put your hand up and say yes to Jesus or so on. But the word that's used here is actually full of meaning. It's the Greek word, word sozo and it means uh, saved, healed and delivered. And there are many times in the New Testament where the word pops up. Let me just give you a few examples. In Romans chapter 10, we read that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And the word sozo is there. And when it comes to healing, we can read in uh, Matthew chapter 9, 22. Uh, these words, daughter, take courage. Your, this is Jesus speaking. Your faith has made you well. Sozo. And at once the woman was made well, the word sozo. And then uh, in a further example, uh, in Luke chapter 8, 36, uh, we find a report of uh, some ministry that Jesus was doing. And it says this, those who had seen that ministry reported how the man who was demon possessed had been made well. And the word there is sozo. So God loves people. He wants to see them saved, healed and restored and why wouldn't he want them to be part of the church secondly uh, he loves the church it is described in the bible as his bride uh, there's space for other people god loves the church and wants it to grow now when you read of uh, the heavenly church it's, uh, in revelation for example you see a picture of a great multitude of people. So for example, it talks about a, a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from every tribe, uh, from every people, from every language standing before the Lamb of God. Wouldn't that just be a wonderful description for God's church here on earth too? You see, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so we look to the heavenly picture of the church, multitudes from every race and tribe and so on, and we say, Lord, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Wouldn't it be wonderful that uh, if Harvest Church or, or your church, if you're a guest uh, joining us today, could be described in the same way as this heavenly church, that uh, Harvest was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and worshipping Jesus. Now the wonderful news is that you and I get to partner with the Holy Spirit in helping people come into his kingdom and into the church. Not only that, it's his method of shaping the church for the ministry that he wants for that particular body. We get to partner with God in this great endeavour. Paul expressed a partnership in the gospel we get to share uh, in a wonderful way in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 6 to 8 and I'm reading this from the Passion Paraphrase. He says, I planted the church and Apollos came and cared for it but it was God who caused it to grow. This means the one who plants and the is not anybody special nor the one who waters for God is the one who brings the supernatural growth. Now the one who plants and the one who waters are equally important and on the same team and each will be rewarded for his work. You know, we do our part, you do your part, I do my part, and God 
brings the growth. What a partnership, what an opportunity. You know, sometimes you might think, well, do I have to, you know, go and you know tell people about Jesus? It's not about have to. We get to, we have the opportunity to partner with the Holy Spirit in reaching out and helping in other people's lives and touching. What a, an, a wonderful, joy-filled, all-embracing call of God on our lives this morning. You see, there are so many causes that could uh, fill our lives, but this is a wonderful call to partner with God in his eternal plan. You see, all of our causes that we might have on earth, however good they might be, are not going to stop when we die, let's face it. But this eternal cause goes on beyond eternity. If we help to do our part to bring a man or a woman or a young person into a living knowledge of Jesus, we are securing not only their eternity, but the joy that we have of being able to see an investment of our lives in partnership with the Holy Spirit to see someone's life transformed and brought on. In our midst at Harvest, we have some great heroes of the faith, people who give their whole lives to serving as missionaries, and uh, we honour them, and they're a wonderful example to us. Uh, but I'm sure, because I know them reasonably well, that they wouldn't mind me saying that uh, your missionary field is just as important as theirs. God calls each of us to the mission field in which he's placed us. We are kingdom ambassadors, exactly where he's placed us in our families, in our streets, our neighbourhoods, our cities, our towns, our workplace, all the different places you go, you're called to be an ambassador for God. It's a wonderful opportunity to be able to partner with God in his great mission. And so your sphere of influence and my sphere of influence become a place where God can manifest his presence and draw people unto him and the church can grow as a result. Now this, in a set, at one level, is not difficult, but it is a decision that we have to make to say that this is the cause to which we would give our lives. So, how can we partner with God in this, his great mission? I think LeBeer put it beautifully in his message last week, when he was very expansively talking about the kingdom of God and the church in India and China and, and all the different kinds of places. The numbers were huge. The, the picture of revival was amazing. But at the end of his message, if you've watched it, he, he drills down to the very fact that we don't need to be thinking, we, each of us doesn't need to be thinking about thousands or millions. We simply just have to think about the people God has put around us. And he put it this way, he said, Every one of us has got a door and a table, a place of invitation and a place of community. And so really that's what I'd like to focus on for this last part of this talk here is how we can practically get engaged in uh, helping draw people into the kingdom and see the church grow. This great mission partnership is something that Heather and I have really uh, loved to take part in in our lives, wherever we have lived and we've been all over the place, uh, we have really been consciously trying to engage with our neighbours and our friends and uh, contacts and so on in, in the name of the gospel. Now a few years ago we came across a book by a guy called, uh, what was his name again, uh, Dave Ferguson. Uh, the book is called Bless. Uh, it's a very simple kind of idea but very profound at the same time. It's a way of orientating our lives around the needs of others keeping them in mind and being salt and light in the community that we have been placed into. The central assertion of the book is that God's way of reaching and restoring the world has always been through blessing. And he goes on to describe five missional practices in which we can engage in order to reach our world. So let me very quickly 
just outline them for you. You can uh, download the book. It's, the book is called Blessed by Dave Ferguson. Have a read at it uh, yourself. Next year, we're going to do a five-week series on the whole thing, so, so I'm just going to be very brief here. But it's based around the letters of Blessed, B-L-E-S-S. B means begin with prayer. Pray for people in your circle and ask God to you know, to show you who you should pray for. So one of the things that yeah, you can do, a few examples here, is that you could just very simply ask God, who do you want to bless through me who doesn't know you? And ask him to give you some names. So in your journal or diary or something, or on your phone, just write down those five or six people that, that come to mind and start to pray for them uh, to come into a living knowledge of God. Or you could do what we do in every um, neighbourhood that we've lived in. I've got an example here. Is we draw a simple little map um, of our neighbourhood. It's a very simple map. This house here is where we live. And then we've only lived in our current house for about 10 weeks now. So what we've been doing is as we meet our neighbours and find, you know, find up a little bit about them, their names particularly, we, we, we write it on here and that gives us, uh, we stick this on the fridge and it gives us opportunity to be able to pray uh, for the neighbours as we get to know them. Uh, another thing that you can do is daily is in, in this begin with prayer is as you're praying, kind of, uh, Dave Ferguson suggests you draw a line on your notebook and then you start to pray, Lord, who do you want to bless through me today? And it's amazingly simple, but it's amazingly profound and really works. Let me give you a quick example, which I'll have to anonymise to be on the web here. Uh, a couple of years ago, Heather and I were visiting our daughter uh, in Nottingham, which is about was about a 90-minute drive from where we used to live down in Peterborough. And as often happened when we visited our daughter, she said, oh, can you fix this or that or the next thing? On this occasion, it was a tumble dryer. It wasn't working so well. So uh, she didn't have the right tools. So I, I went to the local DIY shop and uh, I looked, bought a screwdriver. And as I was uh, waiting in the queue at the shop, it was about a really long queue. I was feeling a little bit annoyed, to be honest. And I was just waiting and waiting to buy a £2 screwdriver. Uh, and But as I was stood there, having prayed in the morning that prayer, Lord, who do you want to bless through me today? Uh, I, I heard, not in an audible voice, but uh, into my heart, I heard the Lord say to me, uh, when you get through the checkout, I want you to go over to that um, double glazing salesman, you know, a little stand there, and book him to come to your house and give you a quote for double glazing. <laughs> thinking, wow, what are you kidding? Uh, anyway, so all the way, I'm arguing with myself all the way up the queue. Eventually, I paid, and so I did. I decided I'm going to do it. So I marched up to the guy and said, uh, Hi, um, I'd love for you to come to our house and give me a quote for double glazing. I don't actually think that happens too often. He was a bit dumbfounded. But anyway, uh, he took an address and so on, and he obviously realised that we lived quite a way away. So he said, uh, Someone would be in touch, uh, and a local rep would come. Long story short, about a week later we got a call uh, and it was from this guy who was saying, ah, I'm the local rep for this company in the area, I'd love to come round your house when both of you are there, uh, talk you through the double glazing thing and da 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 and we'll get it all sorted out. So we think, well, okay, that's fine. Now at the time we were thinking about double glazing, so we thought, well, at least we get a quote and we get an idea. So the guy came round, he went round the house, looked at the windows, we sat down at the table, he gave us an eye-watering quote for the windows and we started to talk. Uh, we had a cup of tea and toast and he said, you know, um, he asked, started asking us, what, what do you do for a job? And so he said, well, actually, we're pastors in a church. Uh, and then there was a moment of quiet and then he started to sob. And he said, wow, I can't believe it. He said, because yesterday, just last evening, 
I was praying, God, if you're real, would you get me in touch with a pastor? Now, he'd been in church years before, uh, but not quite recently. And it turned out, as he started to tell his story, and we were listening to his story, one of his grandchildren had uh, passed away at 18 months old, and the whole family were in pieces. It was like awful, as you can imagine, or at least begin to imagine. And we talked with him, and we, uh, you know, we prayed with him, talked about the situation. We invited him to church the following Sunday, and he came. And he surrendered his life to Jesus again, as he had done years before, but recommitted his life, joined the Alpha course, joined into one of our life groups, and is going on with God now. It's an amazing story, and it sounds like very dramatic, but I believe that if you pray that prayer, Lord, who do you want to bless through me today? You will have opportunities. Maybe not as dramatic as that, but you'll have opportunities. These dramatic things come when you've been consistently saying yes. So who do you want to bless through me today? So that is begin with prayer. Secondly, uh, is listen with care. So the opportunity is to listen to people and hear what they are talking about, what is, is important to them. In the example I gave you, what is the hurt that someone is carrying? But it can be the joys too. So as you listen to people, just hear uh, about their life. So begin in prayer listen with care. Then uh, three, E as it were, is to eat together. Whether it's at a table or at the coffee table or someone else's coffee table in a shop or somewhere, a store somewhere, uh, the idea is to get together with people. And actually listening and eating go really well uh, together because, you know, yeah, you can eat well, the person talks and uh, can share uh, a good time uh, together. So that is a uh, beginning prayer listen to what the person is saying and you know in their hearts and joys eat together just hang out with them and then uh, the first of two s's is this is to share with love that is to think how can i serve um that person so don't presume that you know how to hopefully through the listening process you've got an idea of how you could serve now again giving an example from my own life um, Heather and I are very much into this blessed thing and uh, we, during the Covid season, you might recall, I think it was like in the autumn of 2020, we were in the what second or third phase of the lockdown, it was in the winter, dark nights and so on, um, and we thought we really need to do something for the community, the people around us that we're living with, what, what can we do? So actually what we decided to do was to ask, so we had a couple of them on text message and uh, Facebook and stuff. So we messaged around and what we found out was actually the thing that was the biggest need uh, in the community is it was a sense of boredom in the evenings, what was going on and loneliness, particularly for those who were self-isolating or were on their own. So in response to that, we said, well, what can we do? So we set up a weekly online quiz night we streamed it out onto Facebook in a special group that we made for our group and we had a great time there. Uh, and it was just a very simple way of being able to serve our community, serve the people around us, uh, to bring them something that they wanted to. And in, each, in the end of each of those fun nights, we, we simply asked, does anybody need any help with anything? And actually the whole group helped each other out through that season. Now it didn't last forever, but it was a really important thing uh, at, at that time. So that was a way in which to serve. So you're listening, uh, spending time with people, trying to figure out how you can serve them well. And then finally, there is uh, share your story. 
you have a story to tell, your Jesus story of uh, it's a one, two, three, what your life was like before Jesus, what it's the, how you came to know about him and how you made that decision and third, what your life has been like. Now, many of us as Christians, we, we start an interaction with our neighbours, our work colleagues and so on in this last S. But actually, one of the things I found so helpful about this bless idea is that it kind of puts it in its right place that we should begin in prayer, we should listen to others, we should spend time with them eating and uh, that kind of way I've described. We serve people and that um, should uh, open up opportunities for us to be able to um, share our story. Uh, and it's not in a negative way, this is a positive thing because people around us need Jesus. Your neighbour and their life is better with Jesus and without Jesus. You've got to believe that. And because I believe that, I take the opportunity. I'm glad of the opportunity to be able to explain what has happened in my life. So there you have it. It's simple, straightforward, bless. It's such a, a simple way of putting into action, putting arms and legs on this idea of growing the church and being part of a partnership with the Holy Spirit in being able to reach others. And so that's it. Why should we see the church grow? Because God loves people. Why should we see the church grow? Because God loves the church. Why should we be involved? Because we are called into partnership with him. How can we do it? Well, we can begin in prayer. We can listen to others. We can eat with people. We can serve in a way that helps them. And then we can share our story. So it's one level. It's not difficult. But it takes a decision. And so I pray that today you'll decide that you'll set out on that prayer of, Lord, who do you want to bless through me today? So I pray that wherever you are, that you'll be inspired, encouraged and helped by this message. Those of you who live in West Scotland, we would love to see you at Harvest Church. We meet in the centre of Hamilton every Sunday at 10.30 in the morning. You can find on our website, uh, harvesthamilton.org.uk, directions and so on of how to get to us. If you're in the area, we would love for you to come and join us. If there's any way that I or the team can serve you, please drop us an email at info at harvesthamilton.org.uk and we would be really pleased to be able to serve you. So until next time, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. I pray that God will be close to you, bless you, and we look forward to a day as the church grows, we can celebrate the fact that the Holy Spirit has been in partnership with us to reach our friends and neighbours in this time. So blessings on you. Thank you so much.